ever feel like you're doing this teaching thing alone? You don't have to be. Share Teaching is all about sharing the workload through the power of collaboration and teamwork. Together, we'll walk through all the difficult parts of teaching and learn how to streamline our processes, fine-tune our time management, and develop a more manageable workload. If that sounds like a dream come true to you, then welcome to the Shared Teaching Podcast. Let's share in the teaching to make those dreams a reality. Now here's today's Shared Teaching. Welcome back to the Shared Teaching Podcast. This is Susan with episode number three, and today I am telling you all about my teaching journey. So sit back, grab your favorite beverage, and prepare to listen to the crazy that has been my life to date. (laughs) Okay, so my teaching journey actually started when I graduated from college in 2006, and I was a mid-year hire my first year of teaching, and that was a little bit rough. They actually um, had too many students in a first grade classroom, and they decided that they were going to take from the existing classes to create my class. And so I had a lot of resentment. I had the other teachers on the team not really liking that I came in and quote unquote took their students. So I had a lot of adversity to deal with when I first started teaching. Not only that, I was fresh out of college, I was starting right after Christmas break in January. I didn't have my class set up. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know the curriculum. And my principal was so sweet and so helpful. And she was just like, you just got to be there for the kids. Just do the best you can. She's like, you'll figure it out as you go. So she gave me a lot of leeway and a lot of opportunities for growth um, my first few years of teaching. And so I'm forever grateful to her for helping me in my teaching journey because, oh boy, I made a lot of mistakes those first few years. Let me tell you, I sometimes was not the nicest teacher. I was not the most forgiving. I was like, why are these kids noisy and talking all the time? And I didn't reflect back to realize it was me and my really poor classroom management style, which I've since refined. And I can't say that it's always perfect. There's always going to be kids that, you know, talk or disrupt or do things that you don't want them to do. But I've learned Um, a better approach and a better handle for how to have that discussion with them and get them more on my side and to see our classroom more as a team rather than me against them or me in charge of them rather. So that was my first job, um, first year. Um, I stayed with that school for a few years and I learned some amazing things and I did some amazing things. It was a very low socioeconomic school and it was tough. It was, it was really rough. We saw a lot of Somali refugees and you try telling a poor kid that saw his family basically slaughtered in front of him, he needs to sit down in his, in his chair in the classroom and it just it didn't happen. Um, so there was a lot of emotional issues to deal with and navigate as my first year, my first few years teaching that were pretty rough. But I decided after a few years in first grade, I, 
I really wasn't feeling the vibe first grade was going to be for me. I really enjoyed all the things I was learning. Like I was so eager at that time to pick up like centers and guided math and all these things that teachers weren't really doing a lot of at that time. This was like way back when blog posts were barely even a thing on most people's radar. And there was like a couple really sad websites out there, um, but more teacher forums which now are like unheard of. Anyway, so I decided that I was going to get my gifted endorsement and I was working for a very small school district with only a few schools in the district. And it was just, there was no openings to be a gifted teacher within the district. So I made the choice. I was going to move to another district and work in a gifted position there. So I moved and to be honest with you, I I miss that first school, and I'm still friends with a lot of teachers from that first school. And once in a while, when I get back to that town and we hang out, we have lunch together. And I've never had that sense of community from another teaching job since. There was just something really special and unique about being at that school with those teachers at that time period. So I miss that. And sometimes I wonder, you know, if I had stayed what would have happened. So anyway, I went out, ventured along my own, and I found another teaching job at a more prominent school, Teaching Gifted, which was completely, completely different from the first grade job. And I had two principals at two different schools, and the experience was just horrible. I was so stressed out, so worried every day. I wasn't given proper training for the job. And at that time, I only had my provisional gifted endorsement. Well, I shouldn't say at that time. I still only have my provisional. Um, I never did go back and get the full um, certificate or endorsement just because that experience was so crazy and I just haven't been willing to want to repeat it. I had a principal at one of the schools only that thought I was doing a horrible job teaching math to these gifted students. Now, mind you, I came from first grade and suddenly I was teaching math to gifted students in fourth and fifth grade, only I was teaching them seventh and eighth grade math, which, to be honest with you, was pretty over my head. But I was watching con videos all the time. I was speaking with um, math coach mentors. I was doing everything and anything I possibly could to pivot quickly and master the material before I had to teach it to the students. And it still wasn't good enough for my principal, who I later found out had been a math coach. So that was like her thing. And it definitely wasn't my thing. And so we parted ways after the union got involved. And it was this huge, crazy, crazy time. So I'm not going to go too much into that. But that was traumatic (laughs) on both of our ends, maybe. And I loved those kids. And they were so fun and quirky. And I really enjoyed it, except for the principal came in every single time and it was this is wrong and that's wrong and I just got so defeated and I just I couldn't do it anymore just the knot of stress and nerves that I was the constant crying 
the going home and calling up my family and just being so upset over this job that was supposed to be fun and light and easy. You know, I was teaching gifted students, but I just, I realized I just had to give it up. And so I walked away and that was the middle of a school year. And you know, that happens once in a while. And there's a lot of people that are going to say, oh no, you should have stuck it out to the end of the year. But I was so afraid with that principal coming in and it ended up being the recommendation of the union that the best thing for my protection of my career was to just walk away. This had been a pattern with this principal with every new gifted teacher she got to her school trying to force them out. And so they they recognized that pattern and then they saw it happening with me and I just became some weird scapegoat um, with that principal. So that definitely was not fun. I received the wrong placement. They later apologized for putting me at that school to begin with. They said, this time we really thought it was going to be different. So thanks for that. Um, But (laughs) I moved on. And because I had left in the middle of the year, I had a really hard time finding another teaching job. At that point, I had bought a house and I was borrowing money from my parents to pay the mortgage, and I was on food stamps, and I just couldn't find work, and I was picking up odd and end jobs doing um, office temp work. I ended up um, talking to one of my really good friends, who's still a really good friend to this day, and she told me about a principal that she knew that went overseas and taught and was really enjoying it, really liking it. And she gave me the information for how to apply for that job. And not that I wanted a principal job, but she's like, hey, you know, they have teachers too. And I had always dreamed about going abroad. I had never really traveled anywhere. I went to Ireland once with a trip um, with some friends, and I think we went for five days or something like that. So it was a short trip to Ireland. But I loved it, and I wanted more of it. And I always dreamed about going and teaching abroad. It just sounded so exotic. And at this point, remember, I'm on food stamps. I'm borrowing money from my parents. I'm feeling like the worst, you know, 30-something-year-old ever for having to rely on my family so much after buying this house and not being able to take care of myself and couldn't find a job that paid me a full-time wage. And I didn't know how to replace my teaching income because at that point I was kind of burnt out and I wanted to move away from teaching. But how do you get the same amount of money you make teaching when you're not teaching anymore? And so I went ahead and I applied for this job because I was like, you know, I got nothing else to lose. So I applied and then I heard back and they said, hey, you know, we would really like to interview you. And the interview was out of town, and I had to drive to Los Angeles, California. And through that first teaching job I had, that first grade job, there were two other teachers that had also applied and were offered 
a chance to interview with this same position teaching in the same country overseas as that I was going for. So road trip. <laughs> so we all got together in this car, stayed at the worst, worst hotel you could probably find in LA. Well, maybe not the worst, but it was pretty bad. Like I slept with my clothes on and the chair rigged underneath the doorknob because I was in a room by myself while the two coworkers or former coworkers, but still kind of friends, stayed in another room. And the shower had a window <laughs> that had like no curtain on it. Like what kind of hotel room <laughs> has a shower with a window that has no protection from peeping toms in the outside world? And my room happened to overlook a parking lot. Like, hello. So... That was an interesting shower, but you know, because I had to have an interview that day, I needed to look presentable. Ooh, boy, that was crazy times. So I think I like taped a towel up or something. I can't quite remember. It was a few years ago. So anyway, we went to the interview. The interview went pretty well. And then, surprise, surprise, they offered me the job. And I thought, okay, you know, it's the first time I'll be really far from home. I had already moved to another town away from my family, so it wasn't like I was really close in the same town seeing my family every day, but I did call my mom pretty much every day. And she was always like, why are you calling me all the time? (laughs) Love you, mom, if you're listening. (laughs) Um, But anyway, so I took the job, and then they gave me a free flight, and I saw well, it's a free flight. I could just, you know, hop on the plane, go over there, check it out. If I don't like it, they'll fly me back home. So it was like one step that led to the next step that led to the next step. And I got to the airport. My parents had dropped me off. And I was so scared to make that step of getting on that plane for that first initial leg of the trip, which would have taken me from, let's see, I think it was Phoenix or maybe it was Vegas to um, Chicago. But I turned around and my parents' car was gone. So I was like, all right, I guess I'm going to Chicago. Like they've already taken off and left and they're not in the airport anymore because they, you know, they just pulled up to the, the curbside drop off. And by the time I was like changing my mind, they were like, peace out. We love you. See you later. Have a good trip. And of course, my family didn't want me to go. I had taken a job with teaching in the Middle East, and so there's a lot of stigmatism attached to that and what it looks like in the Middle East, and I'm sure they were picturing militant men with, like, machine guns and, you know, chopping off people's heads and things like that, which it wasn't anything like, and it was a nice, peaceful country called the United Arab Emirates, which is home to Dubai and Abu Dhabi. Of course, I got not sentenced, but I got placed in a very small town called Alain. And so not quite the same experience as someone that goes to Abu Dhabi or Dubai, but luckily either place is an hour and a half away. So I was in a small kind of, you know, rural family town that has a lot more locals than what you might see in the bigger um, urban cities. Again, I left not quite middle of the school year, but towards the end of the school year. And that was more personal reasons, which I'm not going to get into today. 
But for the safety of myself and my daughter, I came home and then I was substitute teaching for a little while. And then I found a job working in another district, which I started this year. And I've been teaching second grade, and I found out that I really like second grade. And second grade was what I taught overseas. Um, I taught well one one year kindergarten, which didn't go over so well. It was more like pre-K. They were like three, three years old, and they were calling it kindergarten. But anyway, then I taught what they call um, grade one, which is first grade, and grade two, which is second grade. And then I came home and found the second grade job. But before that, I kind of, you know, hung out in a small town where my family lives, just to kind of reconnect with my family. And while I was there, I worked in an in-home visiting program that was actually pretty cool, teaching parents how to play with their children, how to build that brain development, get them away from electronics, more into sensory play, that kind of thing. So I really enjoyed that. It was visiting people within their home and spending an hour with them and their child kind of talking and playing. Um, That kind of eased the transition, I guess, from being overseas and then returning back to the States because that's been quite an adjustment. This year I've had a really great second grade class, really awesome students with very few behaviors, one of the best behaved classes I think I've had in my entire 11 years of teaching, and then coronavirus hit. And now my beautiful class of kids that I've never had a class like this in all my years of teaching are learning how to navigate and learn at home online. And of course, I would say less than 50% of the students are actually participating and doing it online. So that's kind of sad. That's made me very sad. But that is my crazy teaching journey. I told you it was a little bit crazy, so mostly first, some second, a little bit of kinder thrown in there, and a fourth, fifth gifted combo, um, starting in the middle of a school year, leaving in the middle of a school year, fleeing a country, and now here I am to what I hope is one of my last places I'm teaching, and Of course, next year now I'm looking to transfer to another school because the collaboration at my school is just not what was promised. There's a lot of things that were told to me in the interview that were not as promised with how this school runs and operates. And I've decided, you know what, I'm in my 40s and I don't want to put up with things like that. And there is hundreds of schools in this district, and I'm just going to move and try to find a better one and a better fit and one that is more respectful of myself and my family time because that is what's really mattering to me at this stage in my life. So thank you so much for listening to this long-winded report of my crazy teaching life. If you have any questions, you want to know a little bit more, maybe I'll record a little bit further of a podcast episode where I go more into details. You can find all that information on how to share out at shareteaching.com on the podcast page. So look for that. And thank you so much. And I hope you tune in again next week. Bye for now. If you've loved this show, then join me in sharing the teaching, hitting that subscribe button, and leaving us a review on iTunes.
so we can be found by more teachers like you who are ready to start sharing the workload. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Find new episodes each week on shareteaching.com. Thanks for listening to the Share Teaching Podcast. starting to Um, but anyway um, I digress let me move on (laughs) Um, um, so um, and uh, a huge new um, (laughs) hmm